Okay, here we go. In this episode, I'm going to share my experience, my pain, my suffering, and a lot of funny stories about my time through SEAL training. That is BUDS, Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training. And we're going to get into it. I don't share much of it, but a lot of you have been asking about, uh, hey, how did you get into it? Did you know? How did you hear about it? And what was your experience? And a little bit after. So I'll step through all of that. Uh, like I said, I'll share some some pain and suffering, some funny stories along the way, and it'll be it'll be good. Those of you looking to get into this program, uh, as far as buds goes, apply to it, and I'll give you a little window into it. I mean. There's no guarantee that anything that I tell you for advice will help because uh, it always produces the same amount of people coming out. But uh, at least I'll give you give it to you from my perspective. Um, so it should be pretty good. But first of all, what the heck is this podcast all about? What am I doing here? Why should you listen? That sort of thing. Well, this is really, uh, I'm laying down this in the record as uh, leaving a legacy really is the big thing that people can go back and listen to and maybe get some things to apply to their life. Uh, the stories, the quotes that I share, and eventually some of the interviews I do, I'm going to be squeezing out all of the wisdom uh, from the successes and failures of, uh, of those individuals and, and from my life as well and share that with you so you could apply it to your life. Um, and hopefully someday my great, great grandkids will, will listen to this, laugh at it a little bit because I'm sure podcasts will be long gone by then. It'll just teleport right into the brain. Right. Um, but yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, most of you here are listening from, uh, from Instagram, uh, and, and that is cool as well. This is now available on every single platform out there. Uh, I think it's on seven or eight different podcast platforms from Google Play to iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all of that. So definitely subscribe, download the episodes, give me a review, let me know uh, what you think, suggestions, uh, people I should be interviewing, topics you want to hear, and I'll put them on here. If you got a cool story, let me know as well. You can go on to the anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. That is, uh, you can download that app and you can leave a voice message. And I've been talking with a lot of people. They've been asking a lot of cool questions. And it's really neat because you can go back and forth like a voice message. Um, anyway, here we go. This is all about buds. Get ready. <laughs> So many of you have been asking about this, and so here it is. I don't talk about it a lot because it's such a short time in my Navy career, but it I always do think back to some of the pain and suffering and some of the funny stories that come from from SEAL training, from BUDS, basic underwater demolition SEAL training, and just all that I learned from it. And I got a couple cool quotes from you guys, four, blah, can't talk, for you guys. And I think, I think you'll like it. So what is BUDS? Well, it is the first requirement, uh, the first school you, that you have to get through to on your way to becoming a SEAL. There's, there's a few after that uh, before you get your trident. And uh, my path was uh, uh, started back when I was in college. 
I went to college and partied my ass off and had an amazing time, but my grades, not so amazing. So, you know, I kind of looked around uh, at what everybody else was doing. I was 18 at the time, just young and stupid, and I, I was having a great time, but no cash in my pockets. And everybody's flipping burgers or working at the mall or, or whatever they were trying to do, you know, serving food, that sort of thing. And I said, man, there's got to be something. There's got to be something besides this. I wasn't looking for a magic bullet or a fast track or anything like that. It's just, hey, you know, what else is there? And, you know, the Navy's pretty sneaky. And back then it was kind of challenging to recruit people into the military. Nothing was going on. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't very cool to join the military at that time. Um, yeah, there was no Instagram. There was no Facebook, uh, no uh, Google or Internet or anything like that. So um, I had answered an ad in the newspaper uh, about you know, learning to become a uh, medical, medical technician. I'm not sure what, how they worded it, but they didn't say Navy corpsman, which is, is uh, similar to an army medic, similar to an EMT. And so that was the funny part because I answered this ad and, you know, literally three hours later, somebody was knocking on my door and it was two Navy recruiters knocking on my door. Cause I had answered their ad and they were probably shocked that somebody had actually answered it. And, and I was shocked to see, a couple of these Navy guys in uniform on my front door. <laughs> but at the time, you know, as they talked about the different options and stuff like that, you know, I looked at, at what I was doing and I literally was living in a studio apartment, uh, living off of Top Ramen and, you know, not even paycheck to paycheck. It was just, it was really slim. Wasn't doing great in college and just, you know, it was just party every weekend and I just like, man, this sucks. And, you know, these guys talk the talk. Hey, well, you can go check out the world, get leadership experience and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really hear much of what they said, but paycheck and some training and get out of that town that I was in. I said, let's do this. Sign me up. Where do I, where do I sign up? And needless to say, my friends and my family were, were bummed. And they were like, what? You're going to go in the Navy? That's such a stupid idea. Uh, man, you know, why? And all of that kind of stuff. But I kind of ignored everybody. I was kind of a lone wolf in that fact. It's just like, well, that made me want to do it even more, right? And it just so happens the Navy was knocking. Uh, it could have been any of the branches of service I probably would have joined at the time, just looking for a change. So... And I'm sure many of you are in that situation. Maybe now, maybe you're in your, you're you're just finishing up high school or getting into college, and you're in that point where you're like, "Wow, this is you know this sucks." And at the time, you know, college wasn't I wasn't quite ready for that. Uh, I couldn't couldn't pay for it, so I'd be going into debt uh, anyway to stay there. So that was a bummer. Uh, so. Yeah, the Navy signed me up. I went through the medical training and happened to pass all of that. Take, took the ASVAB, which is the military test you have to take so you can rank and 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 pick uh, pick what you want to do. And so I scored pretty good. I think I scored an 80 or something like that. It tests not very hard. Uh, and I picked Navy corpsman. I said, hey, I, I, that sounds great, man. Uh, go in the Navy and learn how to help people and... Uh, they said, well, we don't have any of those spots. 
uh, how about a gunner's mate or a, I think they said like a boiler tech or something awful. I was like, no way, man. I was going to sit on a ship and, and take care of No, no thanks. And, uh, you know, a week later they called me up and said, hey, what do you know? We got a corpsman spot for you, so let's sign you up. And I went into the delayed entry program, which just means you wait around a few months before you head off to boot camp. Uh, and I'll fast forward a little bit because nobody cares about this kind of stuff. But anyway, went through boot camp, went to my first uh, duty station in Camp Pendleton there in California, massive, massive base out there. And right away I trained up. I went to the field hospital out there and trained up as an EMT because the base is so massive. It's a Marine Corps base and there's a massive hospital on there. There's, and there's all these other clinics, the Marine Corps, um, um, platoons and things like that go to. Anyway, um, I was an EMT driving around on that base and taking care of people. And, you know, we ran into, I ran into somebody who had, had failed out of buds and I didn't even know what buds was at the time. And I don't think I even heard of the Navy SEALs and maybe I had, but didn't pay too much attention to it. But I'd run into somebody and he had, he had come to the hospital cause he was super dehydrated. And he, he was telling the story about, he was in this program that man, it was super tough and, and he had quit during hell week and all he wanted to do was go back and things like that. And I was just like, Whoa, are you serious? Like there's, there's there's another level like tell me more about this place it's like a a mystical thing right and you know obviously mm -hmm. he also uh he also told me about the, just how many people do fail out of it and all that so anyway i said where do i sign up for this and and at the time i'm, I'm fast forwarding through this because the, there's probably um there's probably a, a year and a half time frame between when I got in the Navy and um, and went to Bud. So anyway, how do I sign up for this thing? Well, you got to go take this screening test and you have to um, you have to do these things. You got to swim, you got to do push-ups and run and sit-ups and all that in, uh, in boots and pants. And I said, okay, well, how do I do that? <laughs> and through the right channels, I figured out they were doing the screening test down in Coronado uh, once every couple of weeks. Went down there with a few other guys, and I kind of just winged it. I was in pretty good shape, and I, I just kind of winged it. I did the I did the swimming test just in the amount of time, you know, the push-ups and sit-ups. And I, I was in college at the time uh, doing cross country. So I was, I was a pretty kick-ass runner. So the run was no problem and crushed that. And I didn't really tell anybody at my command that I was at other than, Hey, I need a day off to go do something. And I came back and a few weeks later, orders came in to, a, you know, to report to basic underwater demolition seal training, uh, class 206. And I was just like, wow, that happened quick. Man, I must be amazing. They want me to go there and be a Navy SEAL. Awesome. <laughs> Little did I know that I I show up feeling all special with 170 other guys. And I look around and I'm like, oh my gosh, there is so many people here. And, that you know, when I showed up in Coronado at the time, oh, I forget what month it was. But at the time, you know, it was just like, I was looking around and there's some just ridiculous 
looking guys that look like that's all they did was work out just super beefcakes you you know look like they've been they could lift 300 400 pounds whatever all shapes and sizes some people i'm like how can that person even run like and it, and it was crazy to see i mean i showed up and i was probably barely 150 pounds pretty skinny kind of looked like a triathlete of sorts and you know 19 years old just just a, a barely barely out of high school and i'm around some people that are in their mid 20s or you know you can get a waiver all the way up until i think age 30 and so there was a wide range of guys there um and a wide range of different ranks there i mean i was at e3 at the time yeah maybe it was e2 or e3 which is almost at the bottom e1 is the bottom so there was uh you know there was ensigns there there's officers there's um uh also all sorts of ranks there first class petty officer second class third so and there's guys that had been there before and failed out and so you're starting to meet everybody and it's pretty i mean you can't meet everybody at 100 and 150 170 guys i don't know how many there were but there, there were a ton well, day one, we all get together, uh, and what do they do on day one? And I don't know if they still do this, but you take your screening test. You take it again. Day one, they march you down to the pool, and guess what? Here we go. Push-ups, sit-ups, swim, run, pull-ups. And if you didn't meet, meet the standards, you got kicked out. And I couldn't believe it. There was like 15 guys right from that test on day one. They lined them up. And they left. They got kicked out. I was like, how could you how could you fail on day one? Are you kidding me? And so that was kind of a like a eyes wide open, like, oh man, you could leave at any time. Like th there's no joke. Today's day one. I mean, they, they some of these people like moved down there. Some of these people had families, all sorts of stuff. And it was nope, you didn't pass. See ya. And so we classed up with 140 some odd people still a big huge gaggle of uh, of guys to kind of get a control of and they threw us all in the barracks and it was uh, you know gosh trying to think you know it was up to us to get everybody together and and go to each event and each uh evolution that they had on the schedule for us um and no doubt about it day one from day one of buds uh the first nine weeks there uh, is it's all about getting you to quit um, for sure. There is no learning other than how to suffer and be cold. Um, and, you know, they just, they, you just get broken down is, is what it is. Uh, every week you have a two mile open ocean swim. Uh, every week you have a four mile time run in the sand with boots and pants on. And at the time we were wearing the greens. I, I think they were uh, camouflage now, but Back then, we were wearing these uh, these flat greens um, uh, uniform. Uh, you had a room inspection. You had all these things that would just you know, just stress you out, and you you can't do well at any of them. Well, right off the bat, I made a huge mistake um, coming from cross country in college, uh, running at a pretty high level. You know, I was gonna I was gonna show them how fast I could run, and. And I did, I, I ran, I was, I was clipping along at like five minute miles or something like that, 450 or something ridiculous and boots in the sand and just crushing the first four mile time run. 
And I remember I passed the finish line. I'm like, oh man, that was that was pretty fast. I don't know what the record is, but maybe I'm close to the record here at Buds, that sort of thing. And one of the instructors came up and and he said, Hey Knowles, good job. And I was kind of feeling proud of myself, of course. And and he says, Next run, improve your time by thirty seconds. And I just like almost passed out. Like that is impossible. And right then I knew I made a huge mistake, you know, it, and instead of just like staying with everybody and kind of, uh, I don't know if you would call hiding in the crowd or whatever, but I just crushed it. And then all eyes were on me. If I even pulled back for a second or if I hung back in the back or whatever, they knew that I was not putting everything I could into, uh, that time, that four mile time run. And I, I would just get, I would get extra attention after, uh, after the four mile time run. So those that didn't pass that, um, they would get pulled over to the side and you have to do push ups and go get wet, sandy and all that kind of stuff. So that was, uh, that was part of it. And so, so first phase is basically all about, um, all about trying to make you quit and you have nine weeks of it. And like I said, you have those different evolutions that, that you have to go through and they're all graded, meaning they're, they're watching this. You have to make a certain minimum time on the swims and runs. Uh, you have the obstacle course as well. You have to contend with and, and all of these things are just are leading up to what's called hell week and hell week, uh, is what it is. I mean, a lot of, a lot of you've heard about it and that sort of thing, but it is, uh, trying to weed out everybody that, that cannot, doesn't have the mental endurance to make it. Cause really the physical part of it sucked, of course, but you, if you were in decent shape, you could make it through. Now, if you didn't get injured, there was a lot of good guys that probably would have made amazing seals that just, they got hurt and they would get rolled back to another class or they just, they just, they had they had to get kicked out because it, the injury took some recovery and they couldn't do it there. So uh, you know some of it was luck, and they're just trying to make you quit. So you can make it through physically, but mentally, being in and out of the water all the time, I and mean, literally they put you in the water until you, you feel like you're just hypothermic, just shaking for a long time. You get out, do jumping jacks, back in the water, and just imagine doing that for like two or three hours. How that messes with your brain. And the instructors, I just felt like they, they came from hell. They, they had so many sadistic things that they could make you do that were just miserable and cold and painful and over and over and day after day. And, and those that, that, that looked ahead and like, oh man, I have five months to go. Kind of like what I was talking about of, of just focusing on what's in front of you. If you start to look out like, oh my gosh, I have six months ahead of me, you, you, your brain just can't take it. Your brain wants to protect you and you're just like, oh, I quit. No chance. I can make, I can do this. So a lot of the times it was just mental games, uh, playing with your head in first phase, trying to get you to quit. And they would come out there and they'd say, okay, guys, line up. We're going on a conditioning run is what they called it, which you had no idea how far you're going. They would never tell you, all right, we're going to go on a run, get ready. And everybody's wondering how far we're going. And it would just start running. And it was funny because that would just crack open people's brain. Like, oh man, we're going on a 20 mile run. And a mile into it, two miles into it, they're just suffering. 
And mentally, they're done. And, you know, some of them would quit. And what do you know? The instructor would say, okay, we're all done. And we'd run like 20 minutes. And they would just do those kind of mental games. Um, same with surf torture and things like that, where they put you in water and just, you think you're going to be in there all night long. The second somebody quit, they would pull everybody out and, all right, go hit the hot showers, you know, and, and you, you could never, they always one step ahead. They were always one step ahead of you, uh, on the mental aspect. So that's first phase is trying to make you quit and you lead up to hell week, which is basically all of first phase crammed into one week with no sleep. And I don't know how to describe it. I don't really remember much of it, but they're just making you do all of those evolutions, the, the two mile ocean swim and run and obstacle course and carrying around boats all the time. And, and you really learn how to suffer. You learn how to just, your body can go so much farther, farther than you think. It's, it's, it's your mental endurance that, that fails. Your brain will fail. And you learn how to just turn your brain off and just kind of just go. And at this point, I mean, we'd whittle the class down to from 140 down, way, way down. I mean, people were just quitting left and right. I mean, I, I didn't even know the person next to me in the surf zone and we'd get out and go on a run and they'd disappear. And people quit for all sorts of reasons. But mostly it was during the surf torture, that sort of thing. Um, they just they just couldn't take it. Uh, and so you get through Hell Week and you graduate and you're, and you're in such a physical and mental state, you can't even see straight. Um, but it's kind of a rite of passage. Uh, you get to wear a brown shirt after that, which is pretty cool. And you have a you have a few weeks of buds or not buds, but uh, first phase left, and you're learning some stuff there. You're starting to do uh, uh, gosh, you're starting to uh, do over the beach stuff where you're you're measuring the depth of water, obstacle clearance, that sort of thing. And it's just miserable. This water's freezing cold, and you're measuring the depth of water down a two mile stretch of ocean. Anyway, you do a bunch more miserable stuff, and then uh, then you move on to phase two which is dive phase. And if you thought you had a lot to do in first phase, well, you're stepping it up even more. You're, you're, you're jumping right into classes of dive physics. You're learning how to dive in the most miserable way possible. Um, you're wearing twin eighties and you learn how to scuba dive. And before you can actually put the twin eighties on and go out and, and do a dive, uh, you have what's called pool comp. And that is, uh, that is, where your uh, you have your your tanks on your back and they put you down underwater and they do all sorts of um, all sorts of things to you underwater and uh, and so you're you're in the water and they they throw you around and they do all sorts of gnarly things to you and you got they're just looking to make sure that you're confident underwater before they can move you on to the next step. And there's a couple other things you do with uh, tanks on your back, treading water, and really they're watching really closely to make sure, like I said, that you're really comfortable. That's that's the important part. You got to be comfortable in the water and be able to do certain procedures with limited air or zero air <laughs> and, and complete it. So I know I'm fast forwarding through a lot of this, but uh, phase two 
was, um, I think I remember most of phase two because I got, I got really sick uh, in phase two. After, we, after you learn how to do open circuit uh, diving, then you go to closed circuit, which is uh, using a rebreather called a drager and there's no bubbles. And during that time, we went out on a, on a dive where uh, you, we had to go uh, underneath the ship and plant, plant these um, fake explosives on the rudder and things like that. Long dive, a couple hours long, and we got separated for whatever reason. And that's like the worst thing possible because you're tied together with a buddy line. And when you're diving underwater, uh, you're always with your buddy. You never leave. And and we had gotten separated underwater because our buddy line clip was actually rusted open and it came unclipped. And it, you got to imagine it's pitch black underwater. We're underneath a, a big ship and it's uh, inky black. Like you can't barely even see your hand in front of your face. And you're staring at a compass underwater to get underneath this ship. And uh, my buddy and I just got – the buddy line came unclipped. We got separated. Oh, that's right. We had an Air Force – you wouldn't believe it. We had an Air Force class come into our buds class just for dive phase. Um, they were uh, pararescue um, CCT guys. And I don't know what kind of harebrained idea it was. They sure didn't enjoy it. But there was like 10 – of these guys that came through our dive phase with us and they stuck one of the guys with us. That's how it got. That's right. And so we had this third guy with us diving and diving with three guys, uh, you know, compass diving at night under a ship with three guys is a mess and it's, it's awful. Um, I was a navigator looking at the compass and basically you just get underwater, stare at a, a compass that's lit up with a chem light and, dive on a on a uh, on a bearing that you had planned ahead of time so anyway long story short we get separated and it's like the worst thing ever uh, we i pop up at the surface and i'm like where is everybody they're supposed to be with me and we were supposed to be tied together and they pop up later and of course the instructors see us and it's just a nightmare anyway the reason i got sick is for our punishment they took these huge mooring lines from a ship and they wrapped it around my buddy and myself, and we had to carry this this like fifty foot, three inch in diameter mooring line. It's just a big, huge rope, kind of like what you see people climbing up, like if they uh, climb up a rope. And it's super, super thick, so it's real heavy. It's wet. It's nasty, and we had to carry that thing around tied together because you know we got lost. We, we had to, <laughs> it was so crazy that we even carried this thing around. It was so stupid, and like two days into it, dragging this big rope around. Cause wherever we went, we had to have this rope on. Uh, I got, I got crazy sick and I had to go to the, uh, uh, the medical office. And thankfully, I mean, that ended the punishment. Um, I, I think because, uh, the rope or whatever had algae on it. I have no, I can't even remember, but I got sick and, uh, it's like sick for like two or three days. Thank goodness. Like we were right in the middle of what it wasn't too really important. What we were doing we weren't like finishing up dives or something like that. But anyway, I got made fun of and I'm um, the sick guy. Well, at this time our class had dwindled down to, I think we're like, I think we're like 20 guys at this point. And this is second phase. Um, just finishing up learning how to do uh closed circuit diving and sneak around underwater, uh, and then you move on to third phase. Third phase, you go out to San Clemente Island a couple weeks in, 
and you learn how to shoot guns and move around. And the suck factor, you know, it continues. It, 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 there's a little bit more, it, the instructors are a little bit more of a gentleman, but I don't know. I think we had some just crazy, crazy instructors that just thought up of things that were super, super miserable. Um, a bunch of us got in trouble out uh, for some reason out on the island and instructors for a punishment. We had to go run down to the ocean, which was uh, about five minutes away on the island and jump in the water every hour on the hour for 24 hours. And it doesn't sound too difficult, but can you just think about it? You know, waking up at 1 a.m., going down and jumping in the water and getting wet. And then coming back in your soaking wet camouflage uniform. And then at 2 a.m., going down, jumping in the water. By the next day, we were zombies. And it was some of the, that was like the worst punishment ever. There was a bunch of those kind of things like that that happened to other guys. And internally, you're like, oh, I'm so glad that didn't happen to me. <laughs> um, so third phase, yeah, you're learning land warfare, your land navigation. You're learning how to shoot guns, blow up things. And it's just all real basic stuff, right? I mean, Bud's is all basics. This is just the building blocks. Um, and you pretty much know you're going to graduate. You know you're going to graduate um, pretty much after Hell Week, back in Phase 1. I mean, you, you're pretty confident. Uh, some guys did fail out in in uh, in Phase 2 at, at Pool Comp. There's, there's like two or three guys that failed out because they just weren't comfortable in the water. Um, but... As you get through th phase three and you get towards graduation, you're pretty stoked and to be done with it and and be a human being again. Um, but uh, you know what you really learn throughout that whole experience because people always ask, well, what does it take to get through buds? What exercise should I be doing? What? How should I be preparing for it? And all of that. And there's just no way to prepare for that long of mental suffering. Uh, and that's what it is really. I mean, the physical part, yeah, you got to do that. You got to do the, the swims and all that, but it's the grind of every day, just back to back going for it. Just go, 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 go. And it's really, it's difficult. And yeah, you start to break down, your body starts to break down a little bit, but it's really in your head. You mentally start to doubt yourself. You mentally start to like, oh man, I can't, I can't do that again. I can't go back in the ocean. I, I, I can't stay awake any longer. I, this is just too much. And uh, so, I mean, it doesn't. I don't say it doesn't matter. It seemed like the bigger guys had more, more trouble than anything because you're literally running five to seven miles every single day from shuffling around, running to go eat, because right? you're running everywhere. And so I, what I tell people is just make sure you have a good base of running, a really good base of running. You should be doing 20 to 30 miles a week at a minimum running uh, because people get stress fractures and shin splints and uh, ITB strain and all sorts of stuff. And the bigger guys that that hadn't been running at all really, they, they, f they quit really early on. You know, the, the, the amount of running you do – um, just really can, can crush, crush you if you're not, if you're not ready for it. So that's what I mostly focus on. Um, and yeah, you gotta be physically fit, but mentally doing those long endurance, if you're preparing for buds, you know, doing those really long swims, going out and doing a really long run where you're just depleted 
and you mentally have to get through because um, that's what you're doing uh, you know on a daily basis all the time you're mentally uh, stressed so you know you learn to uh, suffer and one of the quotes uh, you hear a lot uh, I don't know if it came from buds but uh, is suffering in silence right no one wants to hear you complain and cry out there and uh, you know I tell my kids that sometimes suffer in silence and they tell me that back too when I stub my toe on something and I laugh about it um, because yeah you, you mentally have to to get through it so that's the different phases of buds phase one, nine weeks, and it may change a week to week, but phase two is nine weeks, uh, or eight or nine weeks for dive phase and phase three land warfare. Um, and that's, you know, that's just the beginning. Um, I had somebody send me a DM uh, last week and he's like, Hey, I want to be a Navy SEAL sniper. Uh, what do I do? And I'm like, well, bro, first you got to go to boot camp. All right. Then you got to go to your first duty station. I mean, now you can get a special operations contract, whereas before you had to go to your first duty station for at least a year and a half, I think it was, if not two years. But now, say, right after boot camp, you can go right into BUDS. You get through BUDS, and uh, then you got to go to STT, which is SEAL tactical training. That's six months of continuing training um, before you even get your trident. And then you're going to go into a SEAL platoon and... Uh, maybe do a platoon, maybe two before you go to sniper school. So it could be, it could be five years before, before that happens. Um, now that I look back at that's a short amount of time, but some of you are like, what five years, I want to do it in like three months. It's just not going to happen. It's just not possible. Um, so, so yeah, in the end, uh, my class, class 206, we graduated eight originals and 16 altogether. We had uh, eight rollbacks from the previous class that either got hurt or uh, had some performance issue that they had to, um, they had to work out. And so they came into our class. And so we had a really small class. So you, you, you were under the microscope all the time. Um, I do think some of the instructors there were just completely evil. Um, let's try to think of some of the things they make us do that were, oh yeah, I got in trouble one time and well, everybody gets it right. Everybody's not me, but everybody. And this one instructor was like, Knowles, you have a thousand, uh, eight count bodybuilders. You know, it's kind of like a burpee. You have to go down, put your legs out and then do a push up and jump back up and jump in the air. And like a thousand, you know, I was thinking in my head, like I, I'm going to break my leg or something. It's like impossible. And so I just started going. I got up to like 350 before I like almost passed out. And, and like the master chief of the whole command walked by me. I was like, what are you doing? And I told him, he's like, stop. And, you know, and, and, you know, I think he went and yelled at that instructor for, you know, trying to break somebody. <laughs> I don't know. This, this one guy, he would just go around and just make everybody's life just crazy miserable. You just like wanted to hide on, hide anywhere when he came around. Um, I think he actually went to prison later on for doing something crazy. Anyway, um, so yeah, that is Bud's. I mean, I fast forward through six months of, of pain and suffering, but it is a mental game. I think in the end, if I was going to leave you with anything, it is a mental game. Yes, you got to be a good athlete. You got to swim and run and, and, and do push-ups and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's your brain that's going to... It, it's going to either help you or hurt you in buds to make it through the grind every single day. 
And that's what I would recommend. If you're thinking about doing this program, again, get out there and, and do these long endurance events and, and push yourself, uh, try to try to do 20, 30, 40 miles a week, go on a super long run one weekend with no water and, uh, do a 10 mile run where it's just like, Oh my gosh, I'm out there for two hours. Cause that stretches you mentally. Um, do that day in and day out and you got to get your body ready for it. And I don't think anybody's really prepared for the level of stress that's there, but, um, so for me after buds, uh, I was a corpsman and at the time, uh, I, you know, everybody had a different rate in the, the SEAL team. So there was radio men and gunners mate and there was officers and things like that. So for me, I had to go to, uh, an additional follow on for corpsman, which was eight, 18 Delta at Fort Bragg. And that is just, it, it's, uh, uh, follow on training to get more advanced life-saving skills and things like that. So it was kind of a bummer seeing all my buddies go off to the SEAL team and I had to go to Fort Bragg and go play around with the army medics for six months uh, before I got to come back and actually go to the SEAL team. So all in all, obviously great experience. And there's a lot of funny stories that I didn't cover in there. You know, I think maybe I'll pick out some of those in the future and, and share that. If you got questions for me on any of that, if I can help you guys out in any way, some of you that are thinking about going in, um, or maybe you're already in the Navy and, uh, I can offer some advice, uh, but you got to do all the work, right? I don't think there's any one piece of advice I can give you that's just going to really make a huge difference. Um, but, but yeah, I encourage you. I mean, it's not hard to get in, really. I mean, the the screening test is not not too hard, but uh, it's hard to stay there for sure. But it's well worth it. Uh, anyway, there's buds in about thirty minutes. Okay, so that was a pretty condensed version of buds. But uh, I'll cover some stuff in the future and tell some stories and things like that. I mean, it's a very short time in my career, but I know a lot of people are interested about it. Remember that quote, suffer in silence, right? Nobody wants to hear you complaining and moaning. Just be quiet and march on. Um, I don't want to say thanks for all of you that are supporting this podcast. It's definitely super humbling to see. Um, if you want to communicate with me, then... Uh, Download the Anchor app, A-N-C-H-O-R F-M, and you can send me a voice message. Just, hey, Justin, awesome, man. Hey, I had a question about second phase. Hey, I had a question about this. Hey, you should interview this guy. Hey, I'd like to hear more about this sort of thing. and Or just, just chat a bit. Uh, if you got a cool story and think you should be interviewed, then tell me your story. Better be pretty cool. Uh, anyway, that's it for now. See you.